Hey, Bree, how you doing? Hey, good and pretty good. How are you, Mario? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Hey, I was psyched to see you and Cameron climbing last week. How did uh, your session go? It was pretty good. Haven't been on ropes in a while. I feel like I just need to start training a little bit more again. What was that hangboard you mentioned to us? Uh, oh, it was a flashboard. And I think it's the best one because you can use it indoors. You can use it outdoors. It doesn't merely matter where you use it. You can hang it on stuff. You don't have to mount it to your wall, so it's pretty dope. Oh, that's great. Cause I feel like I can't put holes anywhere in my house, but yeah, that's awesome. Where can I get it? Uh, you can go to tension's website and then, and whenever you do just drop in the promo code tension, S A S 20, you'll get 20% off. You'll support the podcast and yeah, but then they'll get it to you on the quickness. Oh, sick. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Are you guys climbing again this weekend? Yeah, I think we'll hit up uh, maybe the new rope gym down in the design district. Oh, the new movement is finally open. Nice. Finally, after our long wait. I know. That's a long wait, but I'm excited. Well, I'm looking forward to climbing with both of you guys, and I'll see you guys this weekend. Yeah, I'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Friends and enemies, lovers and haters, welcome to Sends and Suffers podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. If you haven't already, please follow, like, and subscribe to Sends and Suffers podcast. Every bit counts, and we would love to hear from you. So take a moment to leave a comment. These go a long way and help others know what they're getting into and how good this show is. If this is one of your favorite podcasts, consider becoming a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you are investing in Sends and Suffers podcast, and it's like buying your boy a taco, hanging out, and getting to know the good good that is coming your way. Monthly recaps, early show releases, and all the other cool things that we do. Thank you so much for listening to Sends and Suffers podcast. Today's episode is with someone who is not of tall stature, but is mighty in power. Mary Eden, aka the Trad Princess. I think she truly embodies the phrase, a jack of all trade is a master of none, but is often better than a master of one. Artist, climber, guide, photographer, the woman just tries to do it all and she does it pretty well. I know we just mentioned this, but if you haven't already, please take a moment to leave a comment, like, or follow this podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Those things do this podcast a huge, huge, huge favor in metrics. And this whole world of liking and posting and metrics and trying to get this show out there, that's the simplest thing that you guys can do. So smash that subscribe button, smash the like button or the heart button or whatever it is, and leave a little comment. I would love to know what you're thinking. This is something that we do pay attention to. And without any further ado, here is Mary Eden, the trad princess, and a wild conversation. Who are you? 
Who am I? Yes. I'm Mary Catherine Eden. It's least right. what it says legally. All right. And where are you from? Like, where do you, where are you from? Meaning, like, your formative years. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Kentucky. I'm born and raised in Kentucky. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then what is your connection to the outdoors? And how did that begin? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I've always been really connected to the outdoors, I guess, because of the way I grew up. I grew up in a really, um, I don't know, I had a really awesome childhood in the way that, like, my family was really poor, but they owned a lot of property that was passed down. Mm-hmm. It was like 800 acres, and we have, oh, wow. yeah, and we, I, and we were next to um, a neighbor who didn't actually live there, but they had like 1,200 acres, and then, like, we were just always, we were surrounded by people who just had, like, big pots of land, and, uh, like my nearest neighbor was like a mile away um and our driveway was like an old logging road that's oh, a wow. half mile drive in and it's like rutted as, as as all heck and like so i don't know like me in the outdoors like that's how i always was you know it's that's we beautiful. didn't we didn't have internet you know i didn't how really old are you i'm 30 yeah. It's funny, your childhood reminds me... So we're not that far apart, so I'm 38. Yeah. But your childhood reminds me much of mine, because I was talking to some people earlier about, like, the first electronic I ever had was a pager. Yeah. But it was only because my parents... I would be riding my bike yeah. out in the back of the country or in the woods as long as yeah. I possibly could. And that's cool. That's So I guess when did the transition happen to, I guess, modern rock climbing, like what you're known for today? Oh, I guess, um, you know, when I was like a kid, um, my sibling is like 10 years older than me. So I was like, baby of uh family. Yeah. How many? Oh, she had babies. So I'm not really the baby of the family. (laughs) Um, so 10 years difference. Okay. And, um, yeah, I was just very lonely. Honestly, there was no neighborhood kids. Um, yeah, uh, was, school is too far away to be involved in sports or activities, so I was just really bored and lonely. <laughs> it's probably why I don't have a lot of good social skills. <laughs> uh, I think you do all right. I, I, I remember when I first moved to Moab from Kentucky, I thought Moab was a huge town. I was so um, I was so in awe of how many people there were around. I was wow. just like, wow, there's people to talk to to be around and to do things with and I was just like kind of in awe about that because like when I was growing up um, it was a lot of like solo adventures of like just dicking off in the woods you know and like we would go caving and we'd go canoeing and like um, I had a horse I rode my horse everywhere did you do like it was just social, social riding no, just by myself. Oh, wow. I had a dog and horse. And did you? How many siblings did you have? Oh, one. Oh, Ten okay. years older. She, you know, yeah. Okay, just one sibling. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's. She uh, moved out when I was like seven, so. That's that. You really did have a very rural upbringing. Yeah, and I, I did. Think, I don't know if that's really the. A, it's not really a thing. I, a thing. I I've never anymore. met anybody with exactly like what I had. Or close. Because a lot of people that were had rural upbringings at least had like people nearby and like 
you know, like an actually developed farm. Mm -hmm. But ours was like run down after my dad's accident when I was five. So they sold it. He got crushed by a house. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, can we just, if you don't mind elaborating, like, be, uh, you don't think of a house going up into the air and then being all being Yeah, able to he be was all- working underneath it and the foundation was poor and it, it crushed him. And oh, it, wow. yeah, it, it just really, um, it really set my family back. Um, oh. So I think that's why I was like so lonely. Um, you know, my dad was fucked up and my, Mom was working all the time. And, oh, wow. Yeah, my sister got pregnant at 17. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I was just kind of like forgotten about in the woods, just dicking off. Do you <laughs> they think sold, that was, do They you, sold all the farm equipment and like none of the, they stopped growing the crops and like they kept one old horse and that's what I learned to ride on and it was the grumpiest thing you've ever touched and it would just like throw me down and then I would just like get back up and get on it again. It would throw me off and then get back up and get on it. And Does your family still own the land and everything else Yeah, like that? they do, yeah. Nice. Do you go home often? Um, every once in a while. I am really naughty about going home. <laughs> I think that's pretty true for all climbers. I, I'm like, oh, it's just uh, rock climbing, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think there's When I go home, I can't really go rock climbing even though it's Kentucky. There's so much good rock climbing. It's just like when I'm home, I'm home. Home. I need to be visiting, you know. Yeah, like, no, it's I get not... that. You need to be present. Exactly. I can't really go home when I'm hardly ever there and then take off to the red for like two weeks. It's not really right. No, my mother. My poor mother. My mom would be the same way. It's yeah. like, I go home. I'm like, all right, mom, I'm going to go down to Seneca Rock. And she's like, you're going to do what? I'm like, nothing, ma'am. I know. Nothing. I remember when I went to Seneca Rocks, my mom was so like, oh, you should come home. Like, I'm like, mom, it's like a seven hour drive. <laughs> Mom doesn't know. Mom, nor does mom care. No, she doesn't care. Mom gets what mom wants. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, so when I moved to Moab, I actually drove from Kentucky to Moab three days after I graduated high school. So um, I moved to Moab, and it was really cool. Um, didn't really know about rock climbing, you know. Why Moab? Um, some family stuff. Okay. Yeah, my sister... Um, so you she, had support structure there? Not really. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. My sister had three kids, and she's single mom, and uh, she worked in Moab for like the last two years of my high school education, and so my parents and I had her kids. Um, yeah. So when I graduated high school, I uh, took them back to their mother. Okay. Yeah. So that's why Moab, because I was I was giving them chitlins back. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I didn't succeed because I ended up staying and taking care of them for another year. And then another year in Grand Canyon. So were you climbing and doing that all at the same time? Um, Not at first, um, because I didn't rock climb when I first came to Moab. Okay. You know, I was just anti, you know. Um, I was really into horses. Um, I liked canoeing and kayaking, and I'd go caving with my shithead friends. And, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then I moved to Moab, I just kind of, um, I thought I was only going to be there for a couple months. Um, but then that, they ended up needing help for longer. And then I think about five or six months of being in Moab, I took up rock climbing. And, uh. What was the catalyst that actually, like, was there a sign or a class or um, someone I was, invite you? I was driving past, um potash on highway 211 mm-hmm. and i had the girls in the car in the back seat you know i was going to take them on like a short walk and like 
Um, <laughs> there was all these rock climbers. Because when I first showed up in Moab, it was like summer and it wasn't oh, yeah. rock climbing season. And Moab then was like not as busy as it is now. Oh, it's changed. It's, it's yeah, very, it's, it's very, very in short period of time. It's, yeah. So, um, and there's these rock climbers and they were having such a good time. And I was like, what the hell? And uh, I pulled over and asked the rock climber what they were doing. And they're like, well, we're rock climbing. And I was like, sick, what do you need to do this? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and they were, they told me and I was like, hmm, cool. And I knew I had like a few hundred bucks in my account left over from like some scholarships I had gotten because I was going to school online. And uh, I just went to Gearheads, bought a rope and some quick draws and a cinch. Do you remember that thing? And a helmet. Think, okay, okay, you got the primary thing there. Wow. And uh, yeah, I didn't even have a backpack that it was so funny. You're and yeah, and I ha took the girls rock climbing. That is fucking <laughs> awesome. Yes. It was maybe, yes. it was just like five, three slab though. Oh, you know? No, like, it doesn't matter. That is so good. I remember the first rock climb I ever did. It was like the five, seven slab on the far end of Wall Street with the little like roof mm -hmm. and I remember getting to the top of it and there was two quick draws because somebody left them up there and I had bought this book How to Rock Climb by John Long yeah the classic yeah, I've read that so I had been like reading the book and like practicing the shits in my fucking living room and uh so when I got up to the anchor, I think that was my first lead climb or whatever. I got up to the anchor, I was like, fucking score! I knew what booty was before anybody explained to me what booty was. That's like, I just came from okay. a shitty enough background that I was like, I love free shit. Okay, <laughs> I was about to ask you, you need to explain what booty is because most people do not. Yeah, there was two quick draws up top and uh, I, I cleaned the route and came and down. and yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Booty is... Uh, it, it's it's a long controversial thing. I think it's frowned upon in most thing in most situations, but it's it's a hey, it's trash on the wall. It is They're trash littering. on the wall. It is trash on the They're wall. Littering. I think I think the big thing is understanding what is booty and what is not oh, booty. Um, things like, that are there to get down that you know help the community is not booty. booty. Yeah, like if there is hangers and no rings and you take the rings, you're a dick. Yes. Or, or also what is not booty is like if you go to Rife, or Rifle, yeah. Colorado is a prime. Oh, yeah. You'll see a full line of quick draws left on a route, mm -hmm. like from start to bottom. That is yep. not booty. That's not booty. That's someone projecting. They're working yeah. on a route. So like just yeah. understanding the difference of that. Like yeah. Caveat. But yeah. good score on you. It was it was pretty great. I was psyched. Yeah, you should be. No, I was like sweet. And then I didn't get any booty for many years after that. Fair enough. I remember being like, oh man, the first time was so easy. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. You know, your story is your story and your introduction to rock climbing is so you Okay. Like, hear me when I say this. It is so unique and ununique at the same time and when i say it's so unique i this story i haven't heard this story in almost 10 to 15 kind of years interesting like like if if we were having this podcast 10 years ago maybe 15 years ago this yeah. is very common yeah but like this does not happen 
this just does not happen anymore. Like this is not a modern day occurrence. Yeah, like, that's because true. just like with the way the world is and access to, and I'm not saying everyone's wealthy, access to income or whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But like, you just don't hear about people just walking up and like just doing that. And I think it's freaking baller. Thanks. I think it's so baller <laughs> because like, I, and I, I don't know. I think, I really think this is, this is really indicative of you and especially the recent stuff that you've been putting out on on the gram like which i really love like i really love your i call them somber moments that's what i call them mm. when you and I, they're my favorite things and they're probably the things that i earmark the most yeah and you have your somber moments and you're just like like you just you you know something has happened there's a catalyst and but you are just speaking your mind and you're just saying what's happening and that is very indicative of the climber that you are and hearing your backstory it makes so much freaking sense that that's the person you are cool. and that's the character and the integrity that you carry because it's it's not a thing anymore like yeah. you know most people it's Jim to Craig and yeah. you know most people it's like or they you know oh, I see it I come from they buy a full trad rack and they ball that and I'm not even saying that and there's a lot of situations that's not but I think you know the predominant culture of climbing is affluent white and that's usually what it is there is a lot of people coming in now and it is changing and thank god and i'm super excited and that story is not as common anymore because of that however as someone who considers themselves a stegosaurus in the climbing community and for those of you who are new to my podcast You've heard me, you have not heard me say this. And what I say is T-Rex and man probably saw themselves. Stegosauruses were long dead before. So <laughs> I think it's beautiful. I think it's cool. very beautiful and it's very cool. And it's very, it, sh it just, it, it shows. It makes like. Flatter like that. me some more. <laughs> just no, but it makes so much sense though. Like if uh. you look at the way you approach the gram, if you look at the way you approach the content that you put out there, like, I mean, you're real G about it. Like Thanks, there's man. no other way to say it. And it's like, and you started off climbing being real G. It was like, yo, what is this? Motherfucker, I, I, I'm on with this. I can get on board with this. I'm cool. It yo. was way safer than the caving that I did as caving a teen, is so scary. teenager uh, with my one of my buddies. We did a lot of sketchy things. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> like we were soloing chimneys to connect like, yeah, like a chimney, um, out of a roof, you know, in a passage. And yeah. we were just like trying to connect systems to systems. And we were just sketchy. Um, do, you still, do you miss caving? Oh, yeah, I love it. I, I know this sounds fucked up, but uh, the systems in Kentucky are so big. Um, oh, there's and, still unexplored caves. Yeah. There. And the, actually, like, the, my, my family's like place um, has a lot of really good deep systems in it or one good deep system in it. And it actually connects um, to Mammoth Cave, which is four hours away. Like the, a, a cave, um, I don't know, the smart people came and, yeah. <laughs> and surveyed and went in and connected it um, and mapped it all out, which was really cool. And so we were, we explored that um, quite a bit. And uh, it was sketchy to get in it because it was like a drainage and you have, would have to oh my god this sounds so redneck no no hit me hit uh, me with the one time you would have to to get into it you would have to burn the front for a few days cuz it would accumulate so many so many like um, sticks and yeah. logs 
you know? That makes sense. Yeah, because it's the southeast. It's like, not redneck at all. That yeah, makes perfect sense. So we sense. would burn it, and then and then what would open up was like a man-sized like crawl space. You could get like a lantern about height that was lantern height, and like like about mm, three and a half feet wide. Mm-hmm. And you would have to crawl through that for probably about a hundred yards, and then you would open up into like a high school-sized room. And then it was like these huge, huge, like honeycomb like systems. And, uh, but yeah, my favorite part of like caving was um, the really like kind of like tight crawling spaces. And I loved to either get like way ahead of people and then just like unique. turn off the lights. Oh my god! Oh, you and are just like evil. lay there. Oh, you are so <laughs> dark and evil. That and I is... love the silence of like the total silence, but then like you could hear the body scooting behind you, you know, of your buddy. Can I tell you? If you ever get into <laughs> writing, you should write a horror movie. <laughs> no, this was the best. Uh, no, there's nothing good about that. No, that was just like that was actually like a better system, but they they lowered the um, the lake level at one point and like, God, this is so sketchy. They lowered the lake level, so then this other system that my buddies and I like to go into, um, more passages opened up, and I remember there was one that we had never been able to go to because it was like underwater, and when it finally when it finally like lowered enough, there was this hallway, <laughs> and there was about like five inches maybe of like air from the ceiling to the water and I was like I put my foot down on that because I don't swim very well so I was like no we're not going that way but my buddy Tyler who is I don't know (laughs) he was like I'm gonna do it it sounds great and then he just like puts his face at the ceiling and then like swims through the the hallway and me and his brother were just so upset, but we ended up having to follow because Tyler had the keys <laughs> to the car. Oh, <laughs> this wow. Is, this, is, this is what we were doing as, like, teenagers, you know? And, like, that's why when I started, rock, when I started rock climbing, I mean, it seemed pretty safe. It seemed pretty tame. Like, you pull up to Wall Street. This is why you, you sound park, like a masochist. <laughs> you, like, park. There's, like, bolts already in the wall. There's a book to tell you how to thread the rope through the chains, like, <laughs> and ATC is pretty like common sense. <laughs> it was so different than just like, you know, being a being a hillbilly. You're in the an woods. Amazonian. <laughs> no, being a hillbilly. In the no, woods. you're an Amazonian. You're like Wonder really... Woman slash Anna's Amazonian. Like, I was bored, dude. <laughs> if this. Okay, most people for board play like, you know, Rook or Bridge or, you know, yeah. some random shit. I think you need someone to play with. <laughs> oh my, it's solitary. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I also did play The Sims. I mean, that I was mean, pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay, wow. So, well. like, rock climbing wasn't, like, that crazy of a jump. It was just, like, sideways, you mm-hmm. know? No, it was definitely a lateral move for yeah, you. I can see that. Yeah, it was, like, and honestly, like, when I started rock climbing... I thought it was cool, but I really liked, you know, everything else I already did. It wasn't like this instant, like, love affair obsession. It was a slow burn. Um, Is it a love affair obsession now? Oh, for sure. (laughs) So what was the pivotal moment that actually, like, when was, you know, like, 
It's kind of like when you have the DTR in a relationship or yeah. like it's when you're with someone you're like, oh crap, I really love this person. Like when was that moment that you realized that with climbing? I think it was like round when I was 22 and I was skiing by myself on my 22nd birthday and like, you know, cause you get the free ski pass and I was like broke. So I was like, nice. I'm going to take advantage of that yeah. cause I liked skiing and uh, yeah, I was just sitting on the lift and fucking my old skis that I had since I was like, I don't know, 14 or just didn't fit me very well. My boots were too big. And I just, I got so grumpy in the chair. I was like, this sucks. I don't even know why I'm here. Like these, this hurts my knees, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is boring. And, uh, you know, being, I chose to stay out West. So I don't like have horses, you know, that was back East and like, and I don't swim very well, so I got kind of tired of canoeing and kayaking, and I went whitewater rafting and some, took the kayak on some whitewater stuff, and I fucking, I ate shit a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, man, so. I'm a fucking weak swimmer. Like, I don't know, being a jack of all trades and like a master of nothing, and then like not having what I really liked, which was horses, and there's no real good caves around. And so I was just like, you know, out of all the hobbies that I've been playing at out here, like rock climbing is honestly the best bang for its buck. Mm-hmm. Once you buy a rack, it's pretty much set. Yeah. You true. know, the thing that you got to go through the most is shoes, you know, and shoes and rope, shoes and rope. And I have had the same, like, yeah, it was just like, so it was like, it didn't cost me anything extra to really go out rock mm-hmm. climbing. Um, besides the gas to get there. Yep. And so I was like, you know, rock climbing is way better than this other stuff. It seemed like at the time. No, and I mean, so I definitely like leaned into it. Um, and I got really lucky because I bought a bunch of like used cams. Do you want to start at some point in your life being able to start caving and climbing and riding horses again? I definitely I don't really care as much about caving. That was definitely super fun as like a, a okay. teen. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I miss riding horses all the time. It was, it was like the number one love affair. Um, yeah, I I remember having a boyfriend and you know, he was like, I was like, Oh, you know, if you had to choose between me and your horse, which one would you choose? And I was like, my horse, horse. duh, whiskey, duh. Yeah. And he was like, what about your dog? I was like, duh, Liesl, I'm choosing Liesl. I'm sorry. Like you're, you're not above the horse and the dog in this food chain. You're at the bottom. Yeah, that's a very (laughs) immature answer. I think once you get to a certain age, you understand, like, like, yeah, once you date long enough, it's a package deal. I'm not choosing a dude over my horse or my dog. Once you date, (laughs) once you leave high school and you date people who have their own apartments and their own places, like, if someone has a pet, you're dating them and their pet. Yeah, Like, like, this is how it goes. There's no if, ands, or abouts it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I... So, I'll be honest with you, like I knew, you know, we've talked a little bit before and we've been, we've been honestly trying to do this podcast for like a year, yeah. like phone tag and back and forth and like, yeah, you know, honestly, I'm just kind of a little bewildered just like how G that your start really is because like, it's very nostalgic to me and it's very like, you just don't hear that a lot. And like, once again, I know I've already said this, but it like, it resonates through the content that you give and it's like, it's real genuine. I think that's one of the reasons why like, 
I don't know, I think that's the reason why you are who you are today. And it like, you know, you're blessed with the have the ability and the things that you have today is because you are very genuine. You're unabashedful about who you are. That's the one thing that I think is probably one of the coolest things about you. Like you are you and there's no one else that's going to tell you otherwise. And like you walk in that with a lot of authority. It's Thanks, cool. man. Yeah, it's real cool. It's real cool. So I guess like now knowing a little bit of like your story of where you're climbing, like your like how you kind of came into climbing, like what are you trying to do with this thing now? Like where are you trying to go with it now? Because I don't know, personally me, I feel like you're on the, you're not at the point where you the sky is the limit, but yeah. you are definitely in the airplane pulling out of the jet bridge and getting ready to like get down the taxi down the runway and go and then you know and push full throttle and get off and get on the air i'm sure there's a few strategic moves business moves things like that that have got to happen for you and i don't know what those are yeah. if you know what those are but it does seem like you know your career is really on a level that like it's going to grow and like please don't take this the wrong way but like the last time I heard career of people of a woman of your caliber having this was like reading about like Steph Davis in her early days, reading about Lynn in her early days, mm. like reading about these other women who really just kind of like kind of came into the sport and made it their own, regardless of whatever situation it is. Now, granted, you know, I, I, I don't know, like it then like you read about a lot of sexism and this and that and whatever it yeah. was. And, if, and for those of you listening, if you really want to know, go pick up Lynn Hook's book. There there are autobiographies and biographies written on Lynn Hill, Steph Davis and a lot of them. And yeah. I breeze through all of them. But I do feel like, you know, and whether I'm foretelling or not, but I definitely, you know, and like I said, don't don't take this as a wrong way, but like. I feel like you are moving into that category and I think you are moving into that category for, you know, the, our generation, you know, and I, and I'm not trying to put a lot of weight on your shoulders by no not. means, by no um, means, because I also think you don't give a crap what I say anyway, you're <laughs> going to do what you want to I mean, do. I feel like it's, it is going to be what it is regardless yeah. and, uh, um, I, I don't know, like, I might have not. I mean, rock climbing might have just been, like, one more cool thing to explore when I was younger. Um, but it really became just, like, a deep, like, love. And uh, it fuels me artistically a lot. And I feel like, I feel like people know me for, you know, like, the physical stuff. But the physical stuff is, like, just not as important to me as, the like, the artistic stuff and, like, that's why I love climbing photography so much. And that's why I, I spend, like, I can't tell you how much blood and sweat and just heat days I've spent rigging to shoot photos of other people or rigging so other people could shoot photos of other people. And there's no credit in that, you mm -hmm. know, it's just like, but I just love that artistic process that I don't mind. I like it. Um, I like filming. I really like it. Um, I like editing and I don't know. I like the whole thing. Do you have anything coming out that we, we can like... Something tonight. Yeah. Kaya and I's uh, Girls Gone Wide 2 and... Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. There's just a lot of that. And like I paint and, uh, you know, and I always paint like 
climbing landscapes and like I don't put them out there that often because it's like I don't know I do it I do like a painting or two a year mm-hmm. so and also I'm more protective of think over that than I am like you know any other activity because it's no, more personal it makes sense it's just like what you were talking about earlier yeah. about like they're the internet is forever and social media is what it is, but there has to be, I think to be a, func- a functioning professional, there has to be a certain level of privacy yeah. that is maintained. If not, you go insane. Yeah, I think so. Although I don't take social media too seriously, to be fair. <laughs> fair enough. I mean, I don't think you should. I, I think, my, I guess the way I look at it, this is like, it's not that I take social media too seriously. Yeah. It's just the bombardment from other people yeah. in my space. And I think like, I think the reality is, is like me working in a city all the time. I'm mm. so connected to everything all the time. And then yeah. like a lot of people come up to me physically Mm. And like say these things, and which I love, and I don't mind. Yeah. But then sometimes when I post some wild stuff, but I'm like definitely saying stuff that's gonna piss some people off, <laughs> or like they kind of come at people sideways, which yeah. I don't do often, but it does happen. You know, it's 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 different. Yeah. And I think there is. I don't know. I think you do a really good job of like you do a really good job of being a mul- like you do a really good job of protecting your privacy and having all these things because I think. Like, your photography is definitely becoming more known. I think that's definitely that's a cool. thing. That's cool. That makes the, me happy. Yeah. I, I'm psyched. It, well, I, you know, I talked to Irene about this a, yeah. a few years back I, when we were talking about linking up before. And Irene was like, she's a badass photographer. That's really Aww, what you that's should That's so like. nice to hear from Irene. She's so skilled. Irene is a killer. Yeah. Irene is the, like, I would arguably say Irene is the most creative empire building female in the industry. And I want to say she doesn't get enough credit, but something in me tells me that's deliberate right now because when she, Irene fully comes out, yeah, fully like, like Irene's gonna be like UGK, the rapper in the Dirty South <laughs> in Houston. When she fully comes out, she's gonna be letting out choppers. Yeah. So like totally. she's just gonna mow people down, <laughs> and uh, I'm really excited for her when uh, I'm it's, I'm ecstatic for her career and I'm ecstatic I'm very lucky that I got to see like her at one point and then just explode I got to to know her before she was like known at all yeah that's basically when I like her and I ran into the same point there's like there's a story actually between me and her and I don't I don't want to we will talk about it later. <laughs> I don't have her permission to yeah. say this story. Yeah. There's a few parties involved. I don't have her permission, but I will tell you the story. Okay, and it was like, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's a very, I don't There's, know if it's a big catalyst, but I, I'll never forget she called me yeah. out of nowhere. And yeah. she was heated. And I was just like, and I remember telling her, I was like, you, I was like, girl, just slay the world, slay the world. And she has been doing that ever since yeah. then. And I'm, I like seeing that out of women, you know, like, I don't is. know. I really looked up, I was a desert, you know, desert rat. And like, kind of, I feel like I grew up in Moab, to be honest. Like, cause yeah, I was a kid in Kentucky and like took care of children in Kentucky. But then I was like kind of on my own in Moab and like learned how to try to change my tire in Moab and write a check and like do all those things in Moab without my family really near and like it's when you were on your own yeah and I was 18 you know and I lived there until I was 28 29 yeah 28 no 29 
I'm so freaking excited for you. Yeah. And so, it, I mean, that's like, that place feels like my hometown. Yeah. I can see that. And so like, God, I just remember like, you know, you hear whispers of Steph Davis and it's so funny. I like lived in that tiny town and I just never ran into her. But I like fangirled from a distance so hard. She's kind of a recluse. She's like, she. <laughs> it's okay. I'm like totally um, secretly reclusive myself. I always stick in the the. Uh, like, I don't think that's a secret. In Moab, I would always climb with the people who I'd let stay in my driveway because oh, you know it was convenient. And or yeah, and if you live in Moab and you have a house, like everybody wants to visit and all the time in that's the spring fair. and fall, and so you're just always in the mode of like entertaining people. And so I kind of feel bad that I like maybe climbed too many people outside of the tiny town instead of getting really involved. Um, until I met Sadie, Mercedes, and uh, I fell so deeply head over heels in love with our partnership that I pretty much crawled up Sadie's butthole and died. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I don't think I came up for air for like two years. <laughs> our boyfriends hated uh, the like her boyfriend hated me and my boyfriend hated her like they were so threatened by like our friendship and partnership and just like Sadie and I couldn't give a fuck less we dressed the same we wanted to work the same routes like we I got her a job at where I worked and like we were fucking so far up one another's buttholes like and then she dumped her boyfriend and moved into my driveway and so like the butthole <laughs> She just oh, wow. went further up. And, uh, yeah. You know, but it was, it was, I felt so sad when she decided she didn't really want to, like, devote as much time to rock climbing. I was like, oh, but me, I'm over here. You want to hang out? She's like, no, there's other things to do. And I was like, I was like, Sadie, I already had a bunch of hobbies. I narrowed it down. And she was like, well, I already only had one hobby. I want to try a million things. And I was like, that's fair. We're just going through two, that stage two different yeah, two times different, two different points in life yeah I did that jack of all trades thing and then uh, I just really wanted to like devote my like passion to like a couple things cause I learned that you know you can't you can do everything kinda half ass or you can just do like two things really well it's funny you say that. My father always said this. He was like, he got two hands. Yeah. So you can do two things really, really well. Yeah. He was like, pick those two. If you do more than that, one of them has to be supporting everything else. Yeah. And he's like, but you really only have two hands, so you can you only can't do, do two a lot. things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. since I've really started, like, really rock climbing and really enjoying it, um, like, I haven't painted as much. And my, my skill in that has kind of like plateaued. Like uh, You can get that back. Yeah. And I'm not really like stressed about it, but it is true that when you devote, you know, time to learn photography and to do all these things and guiding and going through the AMJ track and like all this stuff, like you just, you kind of have to, you know, you miss out on the other things you like to do. Yeah, no. You can't I, do everything all the time, all at once. <laughs> no, no, trust yeah. me, I am guilty of that. I've got like a million projects all going at once, and I have this I'm filming, and this secure, you know, this satirical thing I'm working on, and it's like I've recruited like four people for different projects already here, and I'm like, yeah. cool, I'll contact you next week and do this. And people are like, how do you manage like five different projects all at once? And I've the only way I've been able to do it is they all fit in the same track. They're yeah. either all podcast related yep. or all film. Most of them are film related right yep. now. 
and it's like the only way to make it work and even then it's just yeah. like you still have to like moderate like how you're gonna pull that off I mean that's kind of how it is with climbing and me like I film climbing I photograph climbing I paint climbing I climb I train for climbing I teach rock climbing I mean, it, it, I, you're so invested in it. Yeah. It's like I told my mom one time, she was like, what would you do if you didn't climb and climbing? I was like, I'd have to cl- declare bankruptcy. <laughs> like, I'm literally so invested in this. Like, if I do anything else, I'm mm-hmm. going to be lost and bankrupt. Yeah. And she was just like, oh, she's like, like, you're in it. I'm you're like, in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think at a certain point, like, you kind of have to do that. Yeah. Which, I mean, you go through phases in life. Yeah. But like definitely I'd say this is your jam and you're gifted at it thanks man uh I don't know if I'm gifted at it I learned the movement so slowly okay it took me a long time let me take that back I don't mean just climbing I mean just are you a gifted climber yes in the potential in the sense that like you can learn climbing you can put the work what I say you're gifted at is is like once again is like just being you and authentically unabashedly you and that is what is I believe it has allowed you to rise and to be the person you are today that I've seen because I mean I remember like you know granted I've only followed you online and so like I but I'm basically going off of social media which is absolutely jack shit and absolutely nothing and it is like one iotote like one smidget of your actual life but from the little conversations that we've had and talking to people who know you and just kind of like you know because not to sound weird but like I have actively been following your career for quite a while just because it's just something different about you like I don't know what it is and like I think well I think it's like the amalgamations of like the people that I see in you um but like there's you and like there's like five people five to six people in the industry and you are one of them and everybody else who's listening to this podcast you won't find out who they are until I'm actually interviewing the rest of those people nice but like you are definitely one of the people I've followed your career because I think it's interesting because the way I say you're gifted is is you are gifted in the way that you carry yourself through this whole thing. And it's like, it is undeniable that you love climbing. It is undeniable that you are growing as a person and you are actively trying to grow. And I think those are just, I don't know, I think those are qualities and traits that are not always the they're just not common. Like people grow through spurts, but like, like I feel like you feed off of growth to a certain extent. You go through waves, but like you are trying to grow. And like, and it, and in my mind, the thing I see in you that resonates with me so much, it's like grow or die. Yeah, honestly, grow or die is kind of like um, the theme of my life. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I never want this to be my limit. And I felt like that my whole life. Like I never want like where I'm at to be the limit of what I'm going to be. I never want that thing that I saw to be the last cool thing that I saw. I never want that experience to be the last of its kind. Um, I just want more. And, um, I just, I like, honestly, there's like a monster that cannot be appeased. I remember when I was a kid, um, 
like people were like what do you want to be when you grow up and I think I was like under 10 years old I don't remember and I said I said um I want to have every Barbie in the world and <laughs> I fucking love Barbies hey guys hey yeah. sorry to interrupt the podcast I have to get into my house or I will die. Are you going um, to sleep? It's your house, so okay. get in your sleep. Ladies get and gentlemen, we're going to take an intermission because we are in someone else's van life house. Come uh, in. But yeah, come on in. Come in. All right. So, yeah, if you want to hear more of this conversation, you're just going to have to tune in next week. I know it is absolutely terrible that you have to hear such an amazing chat. The other end of it, and you're just going to have to wait. But that's how this show goes sometimes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Mary Eden. Next week, we'll be dropping the next episode. And I can't tell you how fire it is, because if you have enjoyed this, you're definitely going to enjoy the rest of this conversation. As always, thank you for liking, following, subscribing, and smashing those like buttons and subscribe buttons. And if you haven't already, check us out on our Patreon. And remember, if you're not suffering, are you even sending it all? I mean, you really got to ask yourself the question, is it worth it? Because suffering brings joy, brings value, brings victory, because we work for the things that we love, because we are climbers. So once again, if you're not suffering, you gotta ask yourself, are you really sending? Yeah.